This is Dennis Ramondi. I'm here with my co-host, Phil Goldberg, author of American Veda. Our podcast, Spirit Matters, found at spiritmatterstalk.com. Our guest today, uh, Marianne Brussett. Uh, Marianne and her husband, Frederick, are the co-founders and co-directors of the Center for Spirituality and Practice in Claremont, California, and its website, spiritualityandpractice.com. Uh, they have been covering contemporary culture and spiritual renaissance for nearly five decades. Much to talk about today, and one of the things I want to mention is that uh, Marianne and uh, Phil will be doing uh, an event together. We're taping here in August 2017, I believe uh, next month in September. So uh, Marianne, thank you so very much for taking the time to come on today. Oh, it's great to be here. Lovely to talk to you. Marianne, um, you and uh, Fred have been at it for a, a long time, um, covering the uh, spiritual scene, and we're eager to get your uh, take on what you've observed over the years. But first, let, let's get into how you uh, first came to be um, the co-founders of spirituality and practice. How did that all come about, and what were your spiritual backgrounds leading up to it? Okay, well, it is a, it, it's actually a fairly straight path. Uh, Frederick is a, a, a minister, a Protestant minister. Um, lately, at, about 10 years ago, I became an interfaith minister, so we both have that kind of background. But one of the things he discovered, oh, almost 50 years ago, was that many of his colleagues in ministry we're trying to speak to the concerns and the issues that people in their congregations were facing, and yet they weren't really keeping up with what was happening in the culture around them. They weren't reading books, novels that say the some of the parishioners were reading. They weren't going to the movies. They weren't listening to, to rock music as the youth group was, and that that was because basically they had meetings all of the time. And so he began, Frederick began to write reviews of books and movies and records and plays and art exhibits and all kinds of things. Because our feeling was that, that spirituality is expressed in many different ways, not just through the traditional religious forms. And that you can find meaning and purpose and values and visions of life through a lot of different mediums. And so we began to look at that together when we be, when we got married and we started publishing various newsletters. Uh, I say various because they had different names over time, but um, the first one was a cultural information service and another one was called values and visions. And then in the mid uh, 1990s, we really did uh, see that something was happening that we thought was a spiritual renaissance. There was a lot more publishing going on in the spirituality field and a lot more interest, um, both in the religions and outside of the religions in that area that um, where people would describe themselves as spiritual, but not necessarily religious. Mm -hmm. And so we began to um, focus on that uh, that renaissance, and we um, it was about the same time was, as the internet was really starting to take off. 
And so we began to see that the internet was a good way of delivering information on what was happening in the in the culture and in spirituality. Mm-hmm. Marianne, I wanted to ask you, uh, uh, you said that uh, you and your husband, Frederick, you recognized that this renaissance taking place in spirituality. Uh, during that, that, that recognition of a re- renaissance, did that part of that have to do with uh, there being more practice associated with spiritual spirituality, more spiritual practices, whether it be meditation or yoga or different types of, uh, uh, of, of prayer that maybe existed in Christianity centuries ago but were, was being revived? Uh, was that a, a, a significant part of that renaissance? To us it was. I, I think initially what we just saw was a lot more publishing about the ideas of spirituality and a lot more of the sacred texts from across traditions being mm-hmm. made more widely available. Our own interest was always in practice. And so when we published our we published a book called in 1996 called Spiritual Literacy. And when we worked what spiritual literacy is is it's a collection of about 650 short paragraphs of short passages from all the books we were reviewing and it and that were illustrations of spiritual ways of of being in the world and reading the world we so that's why we called it literacy mm-hmm. and and that in in choosing the passages for the book, we identified an alphabet of spiritual practices and qualities that we felt were markers of the of spirituality in all the world's religions. And we call this the alphabet of spiritual literacy. And in other words, the things you need to know, the letters you need to know in order to read the world from a spiritual perspective. And that was our gateway to practice. Um, they were things like the practice of attention, the practice of noticing beauty, practice of compassion, devotional practices, uh, practices like forgiveness and um, grace. And, and in identifying this alphabet, we ended up with 37 of these um, practices. Mm-hmm. Um, that became the foundation for the rest of our work. And we've used that alphabet really as a as a lens a, a way of looking at all of what we do, uh, whether we're reviewing a movie or a book or writing an article about some everyday experience, we connect it with one of those practices. So we'll say, this movie is about transformation or this book is a good example of, of faith. So, um, so yes, I think that Practice is very important, and, and but when we were first talking about it, it wasn't the core thing in the spiritual renaissance. That has happened lately, though. We really, now you see many, many books that are filled with practices, and people starting with practice, even before they explore sacred texts, they are, you know, learning to meditate or trying something like centering prayer and um or chanting so in a sense now it's it's kind of like all mixed up who knows what came first Mm -hmm. marianne um 
a lot of the uh, uh, what you call the spiritual alphabet, um, I'm guessing that people who would not identify with the term spiritual, certainly not the term religious, um, might look at those uh, terms and say, well, yeah, I value those things too. Those are that's what you know is important about my life. Um, but so why are you you know why are you putting it in that spiritual or you know soft uh, <laughs> uh, religious context? Why isn't it also secular? How do you respond to that? I I don't think that that these are limited to spirituality. They could very well be across all aspects of experience. So say the say the practice of joy. Um, there are definitely ways in which you can pr practice joy, and joy is honored and and sought in in all of the religions. But it's also you know everybody wants to be happy. Everybody wants to be you know have have experiences of joy. Um, I don't think that anything one having something be associated with spirituality and religion doesn't. Um, mean that it's not can't be associated with with the with secular experiences. What people call secular experiences, it's all it's all one one kind of experience. I mean, one of our practices is love. Now, love is a fundamental practice, particularly in Christianity. Well, but people that have no inclination whatsoever toward toward spiritual matters, they they still believe in love. So I, I don't see there's any problem with having it mm -hmm. be very mm -hmm. broadly applied. Right. Marianne, uh, uh, over the years, you've been at this for five decades. Uh, your own, in your own spiritual life, in, in regard to like spiritual practices, is there one spiritual practice that's been dominant or a sort of uh, the focus for you? Uh, or in your evaluation of the various spiritual practices that are out there, do you uh, try uh, a little bit of everything? Um, I tend to be, I tend my nature to be very devotional. So mm -hmm. I'm drawn to practices that are really, you know, m designed to make a connection with, with God or with the divine. Right. Um, my, I was raised a Christian and, but along the way, I discovered uh, Sufism through the poetry of Rumi. And so, so I also, so both of us actually also belong to a Sufi order, um, the Mevlevi order, which is part, which was founded by Rumi. Um, but we both still also are very connected with Jesus and to the whole Christian path. Mm -hmm. um, my own practices, I mean, I love... I love zikr, which is the chanting of the divine names, um, because I I like the idea that when you chant a names like Yasalam, which means peace, that you are praising the the God of peace, but you're also trying to evoke and strengthen the peaceful part of yourself. So I like this idea that. Um, that there are qualities of the divine that are also planted within us, which is a, 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 you know, that's a common concept in other religions as well, that certain um, 
certain, you have seeds of certain qualities planted in you and you want to strengthen those or grow those. So I like practices that do focus on the various aspects of, of the divine and the spiritual life and, and paying attention to them in a way that will, will hopefully make them uh, make make me more able to express them and manifest them. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Um, Marianne, how, I think you alluded to this a little bit, but over the course of years, when, when you and, and Fredericks got going on this project, well, you were, you were children. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Young children, and, yeah. Uh, um, how did your engagement with the, the, the overall project of spirituality and practice and the uh, reviews and the courses that you put together and the explorations, how, had, how, how has all that affected both of you and your understanding of and engagement with your spiritual lives? Well, I think we, we tend to be very... Um, open to a lot of, of different ways of approaching daily life and approach and seeing that pretty much everything can be a practice in the activity that you do. Um, we, we, we have a lot of uh, interest in everyday spirituality. You know, there's some practices that you, that you set aside a special time and place to do. Now, for instance, the chanting I was describing, that's done, you know, at a particular, you know, I tend to do that at a certain time of day. And, and you know, I usually have my prayer beads and I'm usually by myself and quiet. Um, so there are a lot of practices that are like that. Meditation would be another one. But then there are those practices that you do just to draw your attention to the sacred as you go about your day. And that could be saying a prayer when you hear a, a, a fire truck go by or an ambulance and you suddenly find yourself saying, oh, God, be with those who are in trouble and those who are going to help. Now, that kind of practice um, or washing the dishes and just paying attention to to um, to that experience or gratitude prayers, um, a saying of a grace or just counting your blessings as you go through the day. There are many ways in which you can um, in, in which you can practice um, in the ordinary activities of your day. I mean I, I usually, greet my computer in the morning and at the end of the day I bow to my computer as it's going to sleep because I'm grateful for what it makes what it is what it allows hello what happened I'm here we lose Marianne yeah if we can get her back on we can just continue this is uh, a podcast that's being done Phil, maybe you could try to get her back on. Yeah, yeah, I will, I will. This is a podcast that's being done with two people in Los Angeles <laughs> and one person in Sweden. And we have a momentary delay here, but I think we'll get her back on. 
I don't know what happened. Marianne, are you there? Phil, you'll be doing an event with her uh, very soon. Is that I, right? Not, not exactly with her, but for the, um, for the uh, site, uh, Spirituality and Practice. Uh, um, and it's, uh, I've done things with them before. I, was, I, I contributed to it. Hey, uh, oh, you're back. Hey, we're going we're gonna to just continue. We love it when stuff like this happens because people see we're live and free-wielding. And uh, so you were saying, the no. last thing I heard you say was, no. you bowed down well, to your computer and, uh, at the and end of the day. And I need, you to, I need you a little louder on the mic. Well, I'm actually on my phone. Let me just get back. The computer's just powering up again. No, the, the, the phone is fine. Let's just continue. You haven't bowed enough to the computer. Yeah. All right. Um, can you hear me now? Yeah, loud and clear. Yes. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah. we just I'll teach a, her to bow to me. <laughs> yeah. I just had a little belt out of the computer. It did a little dump. Yeah. Uh, uh, Marianne, if I could ask a question. Uh, moving yes. along, And that is uh, when you were saying about the various types of prayer uh, and devotion that you're involved in and your husband's involved in. Uh, do you have you done any hospice work or have you worked with hospice workers? And if so, is there a specific type of prayer? Uh, that you would encourage or uh, recommend to those folks? I haven't done any of that kind of work. Um, I have a very dear friend in our community who was for many years a hospice nurse. I think um, I, I think the simply the idea that, that people are not alone um, is something to remind people in that kind of um, situation and that they will, you know, be remembered. But I'm really not a person that's had that kind of experience, uh, other than, you know, say when my mother died or something like that. So, mm -hmm. Phil, Marianne, I'm curious about the reviews. You, you and Frederick have been doing reviews of movies and books for many, many years. And uh, in my uh, limited exposure to, to um, the content of the reviews, I have often been surprised that certain films especially were included as sort of recommended spiritual um, movies um, because they're not on the surface what people would normally think of as, you know, a, a, a film of certainly not a film about explicitly about spirituality. Um, and sometimes uh, the content is, is um, not exactly gentle or soft. So, for example, on your website right now, there's a current film, uh, Dunkirk, which is you know, about one of the most violent and uh, gruesome episodes of, of World War II. Um, why is that included, and what do you look for uh, when you screen movies? Okay, the, the first thing I want to point out to you is that I think that spirituality is learned through illustration or through examples. And so, and in fact, many sacred texts are really store, full of stories and examples of how someone 
lives out their their um, beliefs. And mm-hmm. so what we're what we're looking for when we look at a movie is we're looking to see what it illustrates. And not necessarily that there's a direct link to uh, spirituality or to what we would think of as a spiritual um, experience, but that it illustrates some quality or some um, way of being that can be seen from a spiritual lens. So um, actually, I because my computer's not on at the moment, I don't... Um, Something like Dunkirk, which is a, a is about um, first of all, it's about the spiritual practice of shadow, recognizing the existence and of of problematic um, relationships in the world. Mm. Um, so it's it's an illustration of people that are bonded together and that are really trying to survive. So there's a there's some. Um, love going on there. There is some connection. There's certainly what the what does the film do to you? Well, when you watch that movie, you can't help but have an experience of compassion when you mm-hmm. see what's happening to these soldiers and and the fear that they're experiencing and the loss. So you see, there's more than one way of being spiritual in relationship to a movie. It can be that it reminds you of a certain quality. It can illustrate something. Many, many movies are about a personal transformation. Um, and then it can also um, be a spiritual, have a spiritual impact upon you in that it evokes um, feelings of connection, feelings of compassion. Um, it may give you joy. I mean, a, a good comedy can be a spiritual movie simply because it puts you in touch with the deep wells of joy inside yourself. Maybe it's a movie that gives you hope um, in the way that the characters are relating. So, again, it's it's not necessarily a direct a, a movie that you would say, this movie is a spiritual movie because it's teaching me about these concepts or these ideas. It's what is the impact of the movie? What is it illustrating? What does it do to you? Mm. Uh, Marianne, good. it's interesting. A, a good friend of ours, uh, Phil, uh, Dean Slider, uh, wrote a book, Cinema Nirvana. And it's, it's just about that. It takes uh, movies, including, I think, The Godfather, movies that you would not necessarily uh, consider to be spiritual. And uh, he points out what spiritual lessons can and should be learned from them. Uh, I, w- I wanted to ask you, uh, we have people listening in. Some people have been, you know, involved in in, uh, in spiritual practices for many years. But some people maybe just tune in. Uh, they're curious. They're new at this, and they're thinking, "Hey, uh, I've never engaged in any real spiritual practices. Maybe this is something I'd like to uh, bring into my life." What would you recommend to somebody who's just really new and open? And hey, what's out there that uh, that's good for somebody to uh, begin with? I think um, I think I would start with something as basic as um, counting your blessings, keeping a gratitude journal. Maybe not something that requires as much patience and diligence as, say, meditation, but something that recognizing something that you really enjoy doing and then 
reframing it, looking at it and saying, oh, well, this is a spiritual practice. Let's say something like, say you really love yoga, for instance. You love the exercises of yoga. Mm -hmm. Well, you can see that as a way of honoring your body, which is a spiritual practice. You can see that as a way of connect, various ways of connecting. I mean, Phil can say more about this than I can. But I notice um, we have a, we run on our website, we run online courses. And uh, one of the, these are very, um, it's a very simple format uh, because we're dealing with people that are tuning, that are coming to us from all over the world. So we send out um, emails with lessons, um, short essays, and then something for people to practice. And then sometimes the courses also include um, listening to an audio or looking at a video. But basically, people get an, an email and then they go from there. And we have an online um, forum where people can post comments. Um, and those are often a lot of fun because people post from all over the world. And next month, um, now this is going to be the first uh, airing or the first um, presentation of an e-course. Uh, it's going to be in September 2017 with that Phil is doing for us on living the Vita Yoga. And this is, well, you can say a little bit about it, Phil, but it's basically saying that yoga is a way of life. Am I getting that right, Phil? <laughs> well, mm -hmm. first I want to compliment you for the very graceful segue to promoting the course. <laughs> <laughs> well, when when we lost you for a few a uh, uh, minute or two before due to technological problems, uh, Dennis asked me about it, and I was in the middle of answering it when you came back. So it was a perfect segue. Uh, yeah, it's it's essentially uh, taking the principles and practices of yoga and showing how they can be applied by anybody in any spiritual path or uh, religious or not. Um, to enrich their spiritual lives. And we'll have 12 uh, sessions over yes. the course of the month. And, but the key, and the reason we were attracted to this idea when you suggested it to us, is that this is saying, this is part of that everyday spirituality um, focus again. It's saying, you know, we, things that we run into in the course of our daily lives and that these can become spiritual practices and they can become a way for us to discover whether a certain path or a certain practice is for us. So we encourage, and we encourage people to try a lot of different things until they discover um, what works for them. And of course, the other thing I would say is that this is going to run for the month of September, but then it goes into our on-demand system, so people, you know, years from now, can sign up to take this yeah, course. Great. And I will, I will add to that that the um, inventory you have at spiritualityandpractice.com is quite extensive and very broad. There are tremendous number of of courses taught by some really wonderful people over the years, and people uh, listening would uh, uh, benefit from availing themselves of uh, the archive. We also have a whole series of courses that um, 
that uh, my, Frederick and I put together that we call the Practicing Spirituality Courses. And one would be, for instance, Practicing Spirituality at Home. And what that consists of is 40 different um, short passages from a variety of books and a suggested practice that shows how you can take things you do at home, whether it's, you know, feeding the dog or um, picking up, uh, you know, lawn, doing the laundry or washing the dishes, how you can turn those into spiritual practices. So we have also a lot of articles about spiritual practices in general, how to do things like practices for dealing with difficult people or practices for resilience. Or <laughs> We like that. And also <laughs> articles. Um, really, if you're interested in just getting started, I would just say browse around and just mm -hmm. something is going to jump off the page at you and you're going to say, well, what on earth could they mean by that? And that's probably where you could start. Right. Well, Mary, 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 about dealing with the construction site next door. Yeah. I hope we're not hearing the. No, no, I, that's <laughs> not, that's not coming up. But Marianne, uh, I, I want to just uh, let our listeners know again. The and this will be on our blog. Uh, the website is spiritualityandpractice.com. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to come on with us today. A any final words? Uh, and Phil may uh, have some. Uh, final I do have for one you. more. But any final words you want to share with our listeners? And then, Phil, go ahead. Yeah. But Marianne? Um, yeah. Oh. Oh, I, okay. No, I, think, I, I think the main, my principle has always been that practice is a, is a path, that there are practices that you do, um, specific things that you can do, but there's also just a path of practice, that there is just a way of being in the world in which you... Um, are constantly aware of the sacred presence that spirit is around and spirit matters. Uh -huh. and so we like that. Think, <laughs> yes. So I think that it's, it's uh, don't, don't be afraid to just jump in and try something and, and see what, what is meaningful to you. I, Dennis, I do have one question of, I had in mind to ask Marianne, uh, well, I had a few, but um, over the course of, I guess, the better part of half a century that you and Frederick have been doing this work, and you've, you've been in touch with uh, wise people, teachers, writers, authors, filmmakers, over the course of all those years, how has the contemporary spiritual scene in general mm -hmm. Uh, changed or evolved as you've seen it and if you dare make any predictions about where it's going um, it's hard to say how it how it has evolved I think it's got it goes through some phases and it kind of goes to certain extremes and then it balances back um, there was a period in say the early 2000s I think in which there was a lot of focus on um, uh, belief creates your experience and um, which became, I, I felt was a little problematic because it kind of said well you can whatever you believe then it, you attract that to you and therefore that's going to be your experience and mm. it um, 
but that was but, but I think that went so far and and then some people said, well, wait a minute, maybe we're not the ones who are in charge here. And that was a, a the pendulum swung back a little bit so that there was a more of a um, willingness to accept mystery that things could not all be explained. Um, and I think that's very healthy in spirituality to re-embrace mystery. Mm. Um, and I think that, in fact, that where it's going, I think, is that um, people are realizing, um, I mean, I remember t- in 20, 30, um, yeah, 20 years ago, when people thought spirituality was about navel-gazing. It was about mm-hmm. you know, just going in a corner and doing your thing. That is no longer the view of spirituality. I don't think anyone is holding that it is only something for mm-hmm. hermits and and and, uh, and narcissists to do. Mm-hmm. Instead, I think where it's going <clears throat> is how do we act as spiritual people? Mm-hmm. I think the movement is towards spiritual activism. Yeah, recognizing that you have you can have. Um, contemplation you can have meditation but you also have action right so what what is it how do you act in the world not just how do you be in the world Mm -hmm. that's where i think it's going Mm -hmm. we've noticed that too in our interviews haven't we done yeah no uh uh, that's one uh, overriding theme that's come out in in our uh, uh, podcast and that is that uh, people develop spiritually and then there's a natural inclination to take that development and share it with the world uh, in creating yourself in a better way that you know, the desire is natural to create a better world. And we, we've seen that again and again and again, just like you said. And, and uh, we, we're certainly hopeful that that will continue and, and there'll be more and more effective ways to, to uh, create not only better spiritual people, but a better spiritual uh, society and world so and and hopefully our, our show in some way can can contribute to that and certainly your, your work Marianne and your husband's work uh, has been contributing to that and and again the the uh, uh, the website spiritualityandpractice.com thank you so very much for taking the time to come on with us today oh thank you it's been a real pleasure keep up the good Thanks, work Marianne. you, you right. too take care okay